Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Hey, and welcome to our virtual gathering. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Whoever you're watching with, wherever you're watching, uh, we just think it's so amazing that we can continue to gather like this. We want you to know that whoever you are, wherever you've come from, you are welcome. You are amongst family. And uh, just because we can't be together, it does not mean we are going to stop gathering. I love the fact that we can do this. So welcome to church as we know it. And it's been amazing to hear so many people joining us from all these different places and, um, you know, writing in and asking for prayer and all that sort of stuff. But I want you to know that we're praying for you. We're believing for you at this time, and we hope you're well, and we hope you're safe. This morning, if you have a Bible, could you turn with me to Matthew chapter 21? And we're going to read a short passage from verse 18. And my prayer this morning is that you will leave inspired, and you will leave encouraged, but also that you would leave challenged. You know, we don't want to stay as we are. We want to grow. We want to be the best that we can be. One of our... um, our heart at Light Church is to help people step into their future through the life-changing message of Jesus. And uh, our prayer this morning is that we can be part of that journey. So Matthew chapter 21, verses 18. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. I'm going to read it out. So it says, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. Verse 20, when the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and no doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Before we jump into this, we're going to pray, but my heart is that we are challenged this morning. I'm excited for this message. I think it can really help us in this time. If you pray with me, Father God, I thank you that we can be here, that even though in this uh, time where everything is upside down, a little bit chaotic, and and people are experiencing pain, and people are experiencing um, some real difficult times, God, I thank you that you are the same through it all. That when we are on the mountaintop, when everything's good, you are there with us. And when we are in the valley, when things are painful, you are still there with us. God, I pray this morning that we can leave this stream feeling more built up in you, more full of faith, more encouraged to live the life that you've called us to live. God, we thank you that you are present right here, right now, in every home, in every place, watching this right now. God, I pray you give us a morning like we have never had before. We're believing, we're expectant for you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I wonder if you've ever found yourself making an assumption about someone or something that turned out to be completely wrong. Like maybe you've, you've heard something and you've assumed something about it and then you've acted according to your assumption. Maybe, I don't know, you've been at home and it's uh, maybe in the evening and all of a sudden you hear something at the back door. Or you hear something in your house and uh, you assume we're being burgled. I don't know if you've ever been there. 
Oh, you, you've, you've heard a noise and then you, you like creep through the house expecting to find you know, someone trying to kick your back door in or whatever. And actually it was just the wind blowing a branch against the window or something random. But I remember uh, this, this happening when I was around eight or nine years old. I, I remember in my room I had a bunk bed and, and uh, my parents' room was just across the hall. And uh, this one night I was in bed and I heard this sound and I was like, this sounds like a mouse. And uh, I was late. I was let up in my bunk bed, and and I kind of peered over to see if I could see anything. The room was pitch black, and I decided to try and shine my my little lamp that was on the side to see if I could see anything over. And I couldn't see anything, and the room looked normal, and it was still pretty dark. And I decided it must have been nothing. I'll just go back to sleep. So I put my head back on the pillow, and I heard it again, the scratching of a mouse. And I, I was, like, getting a little bit freaked out, like, there was a mouse in my room. <laughs> so I was like, right, what do I do? Right, I'll throw something on the floor, and I'll see that if if the sound of something hitting the floor can make it move, and then I'll know it definitely was a mouse. So I chucked something on the floor. No, I didn't hear anything. I was like, right, this is this is crazy. Something Something's going on here. So I lay back down, and I hear the scratching of a mouse again, and I'm like, oh, no. So what do you do when you're eight or nine years old and you think there's a mouse in your room? You call your parents. So I remember being like, right, I can't wake everyone up because I don't want my little brother and little sister to think I'm some little wimp or scared of a mouse. So I remember like sitting up in my bunk bed and being like, dad. And this like little half whisper shout. I, I was terrified. I won't lie. And I was like, dad. And uh, I just remember hearing him opening his, his bedroom door. And this was like middle of the night. And uh, he, he came to my door and like, peeked through, like, what's going on? And I was like, there's a mouse. There's a mouse in my room. And uh, he was like, what? No way. And he peered through and he, I remember him flicking on the light and pushing the door open to see if there was anything there. And what had happened was I had all these posters on my wall. And uh, I had this real big poster and the corner of it had just become slightly unstuck with the blue tack. And it was gently folding down and the sound every now and again would just make the sound of a scratching noise and <laughs> in this moment I just remember being like yeah that's cool yeah you, you go you go back to bed I'll I'll pin the poster back up you know it's it's all good and uh, feeling a little bit stupid like I was terrified of a mouse and it turned out to be a poster but I thought this was quite funny because as human beings so often we're so quick to assume things in fact, sometimes we even are quick to value or, or devalue something based on our assumption of the way it looks. Can I just even suggest that this is actually a deep-rooted part of our human condition, is the fact that we're very quick to assume things and react accordingly. And we do this all the time. But what's interesting is this passage that we just read out before is about this very thing, and Jesus speaks into this. So Jesus is coming down either from fasting the day before or from sleeping on a mountain where he'd be praying. And uh, it says that he was hungry. I love this. The Bible, it just shows Jesus' humanity. He was hungry. So he's walking down a road, and in, those, in that time and in that place, fig trees were everywhere. It wouldn't have been a random sight to see a fig tree, but Jesus sees a fig tree, and uh, it must have been a big one for him to notice it, and he goes over and he expects to find some fruit because obviously the leaves would imply that there was fruit 
Because around the time that they were, they were traveling, the fig, the fig trees hadn't bloomed. The figs hadn't come out yet. But he sees this fig tree and sees the leaves and assumes, ah, I can eat. So Jesus goes over to go and he's like ready to feast on some figs, which is strange because I think figs are manky. But anyway, he goes to, um, to feast on some figs. And when he gets there, he sees that actually it was just all leaves and there was no fruit. So he gets angry and he says to the fig tree, may you never bear any fruit ever again. And before Jesus and the disciples' eyes, the fig tree began to wither and die. And then Jesus turns around and says to his disciples, he talks to them about faith. He says, you guys can do this too if you had faith. I think there is a simple yet profound principle in this passage. In fact, I think there is a simple and profound principle in this passage that we can learn from that actually could begin to change some stuff, some habits, some maybe ways that we've got stuck in. This is a simple principle. The leaves may say, but the fruit always shows. This is the principle. The leaves may say, but the fruit always shows. Now, I have a few thoughts on this principle this morning, how we can apply it in our lives and what it really means to us. And my hope is that you are encouraged and inspired, but my real heart today is that you're challenged. Like you just thought I'd be coming here every week and encouraging you and bringing you some good news. And now I, I think we need to be challenged because, you know, we don't want to stay the same. You thought I was going to come and, and be nice every week. Well, I'm sorry this week. We've got some stuff that we've got to work on. And my heart is that we can come out of this and we can be better for it, that we can hear this principle, and we can apply it in our lives. If you take your notes this morning, the first thought I have is the leaves may say you've made it, but the fruit shows that you're mistaken. The leaves may say that you've made it, but the fruit shows that you're mistaken. I don't know whether you've ever seen uh, one of those people that just looks like they have everything together. You know, in fact, maybe this is something you're shooting for. But you just look at someone and think, wow, they've got the house, they've got the car, they've got the family, they've got the money, they've got the job, they've got, you know, you look at them and you just think they just have everything together. And, but then the more you like push and the more that you see more into their life, you just realize that actually there's just an emptiness there. Maybe you right now in your life have been looking for this significance, that you've been thinking that success or value or worth is found in looking like you've made it. Maybe you've presenting your tree, you've just been making the leaves look insane, like you have everything together, you've got the money. The way you present yourself on social media, the way you talk about you, yourself and your situation to your friends, is you're presenting these leaves like you've made it, you've got everything together. This is what life's about, all good. But actually when you Go deep down into it. There's just no fruit. In fact, maybe this has been something you've been chasing for a long time. This vision of these big leaves and these, this beautiful tree. But actually, when you go deep down, it's just fruitless. Now, I guess this reminded me of a story. I guess when I was thinking through this, it was so obvious to me that this is something that happens all throughout the Bible. And God weighs in on this as well, which is insane. Listen to this. In, uh, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, 
we've got this moment, this beautiful moment where God is going to appoint the next king of Israel. So what he does is he sends a prophet to a guy's house named Jesse. Now Jesse had a ton of sons and uh, he was going to appoint one of those sons to be king. So God was going to make one of the sons king. Now Samuel is the prophet who God sent. Samuel is looking through all of Jesse's sons. He notices, yo, you know, this guy is tall. This guy's a warrior. This guy looks strong. This guy's handsome. He's got it all together. This guy. And check this out. Listen to what God says to Samuel. It says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is God speaking to Samuel. Don't, don't look at them for all this. Don't just look at the leaves. God doesn't look at leaves. He looks at fruit. When Jesus went up to that fig tree, he wasn't looking for leaves. He was looking for fruit. You know, in your life right now, maybe you have just set your life out to look like an amazing situation, amazing life, all these leaves, but there's no fruit. What is the fruit? Well, let me read you this in Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Fruit is living in your purpose. The fruit is living out the things that God has put inside of you. Can I encourage you, do not sacrifice, do not trade deep fruit for shallow leaves. The leaves do not tell the story. And for some of us, Far too long have we spent spending time and money and effort trying to make a tree look a certain way, trying to make our lives be presented or portrayed in a certain way. But we are just fruitless because we have lost our ability to live in our purpose. Can I encourage you, do not do this anymore. I want to challenge you this morning. Stop trading fruit for meaningless leaves. The fruit is the thing that tells that shows exactly what's going on. Can I maybe challenge you this morning? Let me ask you this question. Have you got some fruit you need to get back to? Maybe you need to readdress some of your priorities and say maybe you need to stop living for the leaves. You need to stop living in a way that just pre like presents a certain front and start living in the purpose God has called you. The leaves say you've made it but the fruit shows you're mistaken. My uh, grandparents told me an interesting story recently, and, and I was telling them about this idea, and uh, my nana and papa, we call them, uh, they were telling me the story about how this guy uh, was climbing the, the career ladder, and he, you know, he, he was rushing, spending all this time climbing this ladder, climbing this ladder, and that was his dream in life. He wanted to be the best he could be, and he was climbing this career ladder, and he thought, maybe one day when I get to the top of this, I will feel worth something. I will feel valued. I will feel like I'm in the best place. I am the best me. And he climbs and climbs and climbs. And when he reaches the top, he comes to a terrifying realization that the ladder was lent up against the wrong wall. Now, it's a little metaphor just to say the very simple thing that for you in your life, you will never be fruitful if you just chase these superficial leaves to make it look like you're successful, to make it look like you've got everything together. That is not the right wall you should be climbing.
God has called you to an amazing purpose. He has called you. He's put stuff inside of you. He wants to do things with your life. He wants to give you opportunities. He wants to put you in places you have never, ever, ever dreamed of being. Don't settle for superficial leaves. Maybe some of you have got to draw back on this idea and maybe realize you've been living for the leaves for far too long. The leaves say you've made it, but the fruit shows you're mistaken. If you're taking notes, the second thought I have for us, so the leaves say you're holy, but the fruit shows you're hollow. I told you I'm coming for you this morning. Hey, so, so often in our life, whether you've been a Christian for years or whether this is new to you or whether you're just looking on, maybe some people are coming to mind. But this is real common, and I, can I just say that every single Christian falls victim to this very thought, this ideology, this mentality is dangerous. The leaves say you're holy, but the fruit shows you're hollow. You know, so often we go around in our Christian life, you know, demonstrating to people that we pray and that, you know, we do the right things. We go to church, we live the religious lifestyle. You know, we go through the motions of uh, of living this real holy life and we try and present ourselves as, yeah, we're Christians, we do good, you know, you know we're we're above doing wrong stuff and getting caught in all that. And Jesus has some pretty strong words to say to this thought. When we go through the motions of presenting a holy front, but actually we're just living an unclean and just wrong lifestyle underneath. Let's look at this. Matthew 23, verses 27 to 28. So Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the high priests. Now these were people that actually did this very thing. They presented a front of holiness, but actually in the underneath of things, they lived a very hypocritical life. You know, they neglected to love people. Listen to what Jesus says, and we can take this as a reminder to us. Matthew 23, 27, 28 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous. But on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Like Jesus doesn't pull his punches here, does he? I love that metaphor, that picture. He says you are like whitewashed tombs. In those times, they would paint a tomb white so people would avoid him and know what was inside him. But they also looked a bit more appealing as well. Jesus is saying these Pharisees look pure and white as snow, but actually they just contain death and decay. This is, this is interesting because you know what? Maybe not on that level, but we all have tendencies where we present a holy front, we present a good front when we actually have some stuff we've got to deal with on the inside. You know, interestingly enough, in this passage in Matthew, when Jesus is cursing this fig tree, he curses the fig tree. The fig tree withers. And then he turns to his disciples and talks about faith. And he is basically saying that faith in him, faith in him is the only way to have fruit. Or what is faith in this circumstance? What does it mean to say that if the leaves say that we're holy but the fruit shows we're hollow? Well, what does it mean then to be fruitful? It means to have faith in Jesus. Well, what does faith look like? In James, it says faith is revealed by works. Now, faith is not works. You cannot earn salvation. You cannot work your way up to be saved. That is only covered by the grace of Jesus, by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. 
but it says faith is revealed by works. You know, faith is not a badge. Holiness is not a badge. It is a lifestyle. Faith is something that lives, it breathes, it walks. You cannot have faith if it does not walk itself out in your daily life. This is what Jesus was addressing to the Pharisees. He was saying, you claim to be holy. You know everything about the scriptures. You present yourself in this way. But actually, you have neglected to love the very people that I have put around you. You've neglected to show what honor looks like, integrity looks like. You have sold yourselves out for money. Faith is outworked in our life. Let's look at this. 1 John 4.20 says, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. That starts to challenge us a little bit, doesn't it? Because now it means that actually, if we claim to love God, if we claim that we have fruitfulness, if we claim that we live a life of righteousness, we are right with God, yet we outlive a life where we are unforgiving, where we are not merciful to people, where we lack compassion. The Bible is just clear. It says that you're just deceiving yourself. I love the way this is put in 2 Timothy 3.5. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. When we live a life of leaves and no fruit, we have a form of godliness. We have a a, a facade, a veneer of godliness. We have this mask that we place on us of godliness. But we've denied its power. You know, can I just say, Jesus did not die for us to put fish on our car. Jesus did not go to the cross and the grave so we could do church club every week. He went to the grave, he went to the cross so you could experience right relationship with God, so you could experience freedom, so you could live out the purpose that he placed in you when he breathed life into your lungs. Jesus went to the grave so you could experience life and life in all its fullness. Not so we could live a pretend, going through the motions, religious lifestyle. It has to be real. It has to mean something. It has to live out. It has to work out in our life. You know, when we submit to just living for the superficial leaves, for living for the facade of godliness, we deny its power. You know, when we're there just praying in public like, oh, we've got this, we're posting on Facebook and, and social media and of all these Christian videos and all these things that might look like we've got it all together in this area, but actually we turn around and we don't forgive. And we deny it of its power. We deny God the right to work in us. God wants to work in your life. He wants to take the brokenness and make it beautiful. We've talked about this. He wants to do all this amazing stuff in your life. But when we live a life that is other, when we just live for the superficial front, we deny it of its power. Again, I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe you've got some stuff that you've got to reconcile. Do not settle for the leaves. Maybe there's some stuff in your life right now that you think, you know what? I've been a Christian for a long time. And you just feel stagnant and you just feel like you've just gotten to this place where it's just about getting by. Oh, I, I, I don't want to stop going to church because then people might ask me if I'm okay. I, I, I don't want to stop you know, looking this certain way or posting that certain stuff because I don't want people to ask me how my relationship with God is and, and how my faith is working out in my life. And 
Maybe you've just got some stuff to be real with. And just turn and say to God, get on your knees and say, God, I've just been living a superficial mask, a veneer of faith. God, make it real to me. God, give me fruit in this area. The leaves say you're holy, but the fruit shows you're hollow. A final thought for us this morning. And actually, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a different direction compared to the first two, but I really felt like I needed to bring this this morning. I really felt like this was significant to talk about in these circumstances. The leaves say you're fine, but the fruit shows you're falling. The leaves say you're fine, but the fruit shows you're falling. Hey, I don't know about you, but this is something I do far too often. But maybe I want to admit, we do this a lot. And can I just say we need to see an end to this? The leaves say you're fine, but the fruit shows you're falling. You know, so often in life, we, we just find ourselves putting on a fake smile, don't we? Maybe things aren't okay. We're not doing so good, but someone asks, and, and, and we're just like, uh, yeah, we're good. I'm good. I, I, I'm all fine. You know, and we put on this front like everything's okay, and, and we've got to be okay. We've got to present that everything's fine. I'm not falling apart. And actually, we do this to each other, but we do this to God as well. We get ourselves into a place where we just feel like we've got to present our best side and hide everything else. Like you have invited someone around to your house and like you just shove all the rubbish into one room or you like, you know, you tidy the hallway and you tidy the living room. Uh, you don't want anyone else to go anywhere else. That's just a picture of what we do in our lives. We, you know, we present a part of ourselves. You know, it might be this tree. It just looks like it's got everything together, all fine, dealing with things fine. And maybe even in this isolation period, in this time of lockdown and quarantine, maybe you're really struggling. But you don't want to look like you're weaker. You don't want to look like, oh, they're struggling with lockdown. So for some reason, you've decided to just uh, knuckle down, not tell anyone about it. I'm fine. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm all good. Yeah, no, I'm chilling. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. No, just working, just busy, just catching up with people. Yeah, no, I'm all good. And we just start to fluff the leaves on our tree. You know, maybe even put some lights in them. Yeah, we're all good. Oh, it's a beautiful tree. Oh, look at the leaves. They're beautiful. They've got different colors in them. And we paint this picture of everything being amazing. And actually, and you look beyond the leaves. And there's just an emptiness, a dryness, a barrenness, a hole that's just desperately needing to be filled. We all do this. Let me read an encouraging passage. If you're in this place and you found yourself putting up that front because you are just terrified to say, I need help. I am not okay. Listen to this. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. God is near to the brokenhearted. Listen to this. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I think this is cool. Cast your burden onto God and he will sustain you. A lot of you and a lot of, of us in this very moment right now can identify with this. 
that we have been sustaining ourselves with the superficial front of these leaves on our tree. God just says, I'm near to you. And I want to sustain you. But you've got to give me your burdens. You've got to be honest with me. You've got to be open with me and say, God, I am struggling right now. I feel cut off. I feel purposeless. I feel like I haven't got anything going for me right now. I just feel stuck on my own. God wants to carry that burden. He wants to walk with you and he wants to sustain you. Whoever you are, however you ended up watching today, God wants to sustain you. You just need to give him your burdens. And can I just encourage you and strongly urge you to be open with friends, be open with community. Don't try and do this on your own. We've said this a lot, just because we're in isolation does not mean we need to live isolated. We are still a family. We are still a body. We can bring others in to our pain and they can carry it with us. Even though we can't be together, we should be carrying each other's pain. We need to stop just putting up this mask. I'm all good. I've got everything together. And the leaves say you're fine, but the fruit shows you're falling. You know, in this area, what does fruitfulness look like? It just looks like you are actually okay. It just, it, it just is when you are living a life of stability, not, comf- not comfort, not just everything being okay. Peace is not everything being okay, but you being okay in everything. If you want to live a fruitful life, a life where, where life can be crazy, life can be upside down, it can be good, it can be painful, it can be beautiful, it can be bad, it can be chaotic, all of that stuff, you know what life is like. But you are just okay through it all. Fruitfulness in this area just looks like a contentness with Jesus. Living a life where God sustains us. You might be facing some real difficult challenges. Maybe you own a business. Maybe you own a charity. Maybe you're just trying to manage your family. Maybe you've got some health concerns. Maybe there's all this stuff just in turmoil in your life right now. God can be your sustainer. We just need to stop portraying and stop assuming that these leaves tell the story because they don't. I said this message was about assumption because we do this with each other. We do this with ourselves. We assume so much about others. How many of you in this, in this situation right now are maybe looking at your friends and assuming in this area, oh, they're all good. They've got it all together. They're fine. They've not said anything. I've not heard of them. They just, I bet they're good though, you know. Maybe if you just dug a little bit deeper and just looked like, are they really okay? Can I encourage you to ask a couple people in your world right now, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Be honest. I can take it. I'm with you in it. The leaves say you're fine, but the fruit shows you're falling. Just coming into close, I thought it was interesting at first when I read this that Jesus curses a tree. That might seem like a quite weird thing to do, like he was hangry. Like, you know, he was real hungry. He didn't get the food. Right, screw you, tree. You're never going to produce fruit again. Now, it just seems a little bit weird, doesn't it? Like, he cursed a tree. Like, come on, Jesus. Like, I know you've got infinite power and stuff, but like, cursing a tree seems a little beneath you. But actually, when you dig into this and you actually see what's really going on here, there's a couple of things that I think are really significant. Firstly, I just think it demonstrates Jesus' heart and his distaste, his disappointment when someone 
has a front, a superficial front, and lacks the fruit to back it up. I think it says more about Jesus here than it does about the fruit. It shows that Jesus is disappointed when a tree has all the, the, the front, has all the like trimmings around it, but lacks the real thing it was there to produce. This is so profound when we get our heads around this. Jesus is, is just so broken when he sees you living a life less than he called you to. He doesn't love you any less. He doesn't value you any less. He doesn't call you any less. But he died on the cross so you could live a life of freedom, of purpose. And when you just submit to the leaves, then you live a life less than your calling. Jesus is just, he has a distaste. He's not going to curse you. He's not going to turn around and you're never going to do what I've called you to do. Now, he is the God of grace. He is the God of the second chance the third chance, the fourth chance. We screw up every single day and God's mercies are new every morning. It says his grace is sufficient for us. But you know what? It just demonstrates that he just desperately wants us to live a life and to live out the things that he placed in us. Secondly, there's a little bit of context around this too. Actually, in those times, the fig tree was actually an emblem of the Jews. And this was Jesus' kind of little side note here. Like it might seem like a large overreaction, like, wow, flip, calm down, Jesus. But actually, he was demonstrating something here. You know, we talked about it in that other Matthew 23 verse. But actually, it was like a nod to the Jews to say, look, the things that you think are going to save you, the ways that you think you're going to make it back to God, they are no longer going to produce any fruit. Like you can go through your feasts and you can go through all of the rituals and you can go through all the different things that you go through in your life, but it is just not enough. And when I realized this, that actually there's something deeper going on here, I just found that God is saying to us as a church, he's saying to you as an individual, there is no way, there is no way for you to get back into purpose, into freedom, into wholeness, other than through a relationship with God. Like God is not just saying this to us now. It's written throughout his entire Bible. But it just struck me that God has a very clear message here. Like don't think you can make your own way back into relationship with God. Don't think that all these trimmings, all these different things can uh, make a way back into right relationship. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. You know, Easter was only a few weeks ago. Let's not allow that to be a distant memory or an echo. It is the fundamental core of our message. The only way back to live a life right with God is through Jesus. And he wants to know you this morning. Uh, it just reminded me of a, a passage in John. I'll read it out real quick. Jesus sees a Samaritan woman and, and they're talking a little bit about life and things that matter. And, and Jesus says this to her. He says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This might sound strange, but what Jesus is saying is you can try and feed yourself. You can run to the trees that look like they've got everything together. Or you can run to the trees that look all holy and have all the, the rituals and all the, 
you know, the facade of holiness and godliness. So you can even, you know, can try and make it through life with this front that everything's okay and you'll make it, you'll be fine. Tomorrow's a new day. But actually Jesus is saying, but if you come to me, if you drink from the water I give you, if you come and partake in the life that I can give you, you will never thirst again. You will never look elsewhere. You will never try and find life anywhere else. The reality is we do. We do just think we can do it better on our own. But Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. I will give you a life. And it says at the end here, it wells up to eternal life. I will give you a life that outlasts this life. And you can live in freedom and wholeness with your creator for eternity. Don't bow to the superficial leaves of trees that will only look good for a short while. But they will wither and they will die. But actually just come to Jesus. He wants to desperately, he desperately wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He's put inside you purpose. And when he taught that principle that the leaves may say, but the fruit will always show. Can I encourage you to live a life worthy of what God has put inside of you? Jesus wants to sustain you. In this crazy time, it is just the same. And our response to this message, whoever you are, maybe we have some stuff that we have to own. To learn this new measure that God doesn't look on the outside, that our leaves of our trees don't impress God. It's our fruit is the only thing that means something. Maybe you've got some stuff you've got to own up. Maybe it is that you have portrayed success and you've got it all together. Or maybe you've chased that you're trying to like fluff your leaves and you've got some fruit that you've just neglected. Or maybe you've lived this holy facade where you've demonstrated this is godliness and actually you're just dry on the inside and you need your relationship with God to spark up again. Or maybe actually you've been living a life where you've presented this front that everything is okay when really you're really broken and you just need some help. Our response this morning is to own it. I'd be surprised if we didn't all respond and say, you know what, I've got a bit of all three of those in me. I've chosen the superficial, shallow leaves over the deep, meaningful fruit. Actually, maybe this morning you're here and you've heard this message and you've heard about this Jesus for the first time and you just think, I want to know that profound sense of purpose. I want to live in right relationship with the one who called me, who made me. If that's you, I just want you to pray a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. It includes your mess. It includes your brokenness, your sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. It's simple as that. I'm going to pray and we're going to finish. But it's a message that maybe you've like, oh, that wasn't funny. That wasn't encouraging. Well, sometimes we just have to commit to be better and to grow. I don't mean to come in hard. I just want to challenge us to be all that God has created us to be. Well, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are here and you're present. God, if we have any of those three areas to own up to this morning, I pray you would just convict us. Just let us know deep down which ones that we just have to say, God, I'm sorry I've been doing this. Help me live a life of fruitfulness and not just facade. And God, for those people that just said, they wanted to give you their lives this morning to say that the, 
they are in, that they want to follow. God, I pray this morning they just have the grace and love of God flood them this morning in a new and profound way. We thank you, God, that you are here. We thank you, you are speaking in the midst of this lockdown and this virus and the, in the pain of society and the turmoil of life. You promise that if we come to you, you will sustain us. So God, we pray over our church, over our families, over our community, you can sustain us. We love you, God. We thank you for all you're doing. We thank you for Light Church and all that you've called it to be. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, if you responded, we'd love to hear from you. We've got some people who'll jump on at the end who'll just give you some more details about how you can get in touch. We're so thankful that you tune in every week. And uh, we're so glad that we can continue to gather like this. We love you. We're praying for you. We want you to stay safe. And other than that, we will see you next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.